0: Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Right now, join T Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV.
2: What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and Fan Rag Sports. Joined by co-host Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting. We have a special guest today on the show. So this duo, the Draft Dudes duo will be a trio today. I'm going to let Kyle explain that to you here in
3: just a moment. Kyle, happy Monday. What's going on, my man? Oh, you know, it feels good to be back duding it up uh, here on Draft Dudes. We we were uh, gracious enough to have some of the early reviews on iTunes come in, and it sounds like the people really like what they hear. So um, hat tip to everybody listening. We appreciate it. Subscribe. Uh, Tell your friends about us, uh, and tell your friends about our new friend, Elliot. Elliot is, uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself and give a little background about himself, but just know this right off the bat. Elliot is the newest member of the NDT Scouting team. He's joining us uh, in the capacity of a National Scout. He's going to be doing a lot of great work. We've already done a lot of brainstorming as far as content that we're going to be able to bring to you guys throughout this draft season, extending into the summer And beyond. So, Elliot, tell everybody who you are. Welcome to the dudes.
4: Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of Draft Dudes and NDT Scouting. I I work over at PFF as an analyst. I uh, just had an article come out about the receivers who ran the best routes and had the most success this season in the NFL. Um, New to NDT as a, a national scout, just a tape grinder. That's what I love to do. I love to wake up, watch watch film basically until I go to bed, just dive into wide receivers this week and really excited to talk about them.
3: Yeah, so, uh, Elliot, tell everybody where they can find you on social media because uh, as much as I like to think that I put out great stuff on social media, you are non-friggin'
4: stop. (laughs) Yeah, uh, every time I watch a game, I, I try to give five to ten things about the prospect that I see and show you what I see and open up to debate. If you see something different, I want to know that because I want to try to expand what I see and what you see. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Christ, E-L-I-O-T-C-R-I-S-T. No one else spells Elliot the way I do. It's Christ without the H in case that helps you remember. Um, But, yeah, I'm on there, and I'll respond, and you'll see a bunch of film breakdowns.
2: Yeah, it's good to have Elliot on the staff. And that's part of what drew us to him was uh, that it's obvious that, like Kyle and I, this is a tape dude, right? Loves breaking it down, loves sharing his thoughts. And uh, so we thought it was a natural fit. We got to know him and said, hey, this is a slam dunk. Let's bring him on staff. So we are glad to have you. And one of the most exciting parts of, you know, really paying attention to your tweets and and, and articles lately has been your wide receiver opinions. And, And what we want to do today here on Draft Dudes is have an organic conversation conversation about the receiver class this year and uh i'm going to start by giving a question right away to elliot i'm going to put you right on the spot here that's what we do you know no no uh take take the uh, the training wheels off it's time to let the takes fly so uh <laughs> looking over your receiver rankings and, and and there's a there's a big difference at the top of the board than what me and kyle have right now kyle and i both have corey davis uh wide receiver one you are uh, team Mike Williams wide receiver one. So what I'd like to hear from you is, you know, what is what is what are you seeing in Mike Williams that's elevating him above Davis as your top receiver for this class?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming that's why you guys hired me at NDT scouting, because I could, you know, recognize who the real number one receiver is. <laughs> so, <laughs> Love it. Love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I know exactly the things you're going to say that you don't like about him that he doesn't get the best separation that he might not be the best athlete uh he is six three probably he's probably gonna check it around 225 would be my guess first year off a neck broken neck i'm assuming he continues to build up his athleticism and maybe gain a step but the thing i love about mike williams in this class and just for the record i do like Corey davis a lot he's he's going to be a top 10 player for me um but the thing I love about Mike Williams is he can win a lot of scrimmage, especially with his hands, which is a rare trait for a lot of these receivers this year. He can hand fight late. He might not have the best separation, but if you give him a chance, he goes up and makes contested catches. He has great body control. He can fight off defenders. He high points the ball. Um, he He's one of those guys that when you watch the, uh, Watson, whenever Watson gave him a chance, he came up with these incredible catches against the top competition. Now, Corey Davis is a great player, um, but he played Ohio and Toledo. We watched in the, the playoffs, Mike Williams dominate Alabama and Ohio State, and during the regular season dominate Florida State, beat up Louisville. He took a South Carolina corner for for a ride like I've almost never seen before. Um, I, I know he's not the best yards after catch, but I think it's you get him on the run he he's got the strength and size to do a lot and he reminds me a lot of Des Bryant um just the way he can high point the ball and make catches in traffic
3: yeah i think it it seems like cuz you know williams kind of entered the year as like the if he's healthy he's the guy um and i i the thing that really stands out to me about mike is he's changed his body pretty significantly. If you go back to before he had the neck injury in like 2014, he was really lean and he was really effective as a vertical guy. So I think it's been interesting seeing uh, the uh, kind of evolution of his game and, and him kind of embracing the fact that he's a bigger body and using that. And I still think you see some growing pains with that adjustment where, uh, one my my one real knock uh, knock with him is when he addresses the ball. Sometimes he doesn't extend and use that size to its full capacity. And you know he makes his hay right now with a lot of uh, high point you know, ball put op- over top of his forehead, back shoulder throws, a lot of timing oriented uh, chemistry throws, and he does those well. But he doesn't win the contested catches as frequently as people would like because he doesn't always extend and box out effectively uh so i'm interested to see you know as we go forward into his rookie season and beyond uh if that changes or if if he's kind of
4: reached his ceiling with that um that's that's fair i think anytime it's someone's first year off an injury we often see someone do more the next year um and that's a pretty serious injury that he came back from um i I think this is the beginning of Mike Williams, not the finished product. I I also feel like he's got that knack to make the big play, and I mean I, I watched him beat up on Bama, um, and I know that one game doesn't define anybody, but I just I have this this feel for Williams, like one of those you know you have those gut feelings on a player that he's just going to be fantastic. Um, that that's the feeling I can't shake every time I watch Mike Williams.
2: Yeah, and I have both Davis and and Williams very closely rated, but uh, for me, it was the yards after catch, and I thought a little bit more uh, ability to separate with natural burst and athleticism, and to your point, if Mike Williams can kind of capture more of that moving forward, which he should, you know, I I think they're both going to be spectacular pros. They both address the football like alpha receivers, and, um, you know, it's 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 not going to surprise me if both of them are both highly protected productive NFL receivers, but Eileen Davis, um, you know, when I look at this wide receiver class, right, we have Davis, we have Williams, right. Those are your guys that project as number one targets. And then we have a crop of guys that, you know, if you need a number two wide receiver and then you're picking in the, the early to middle of the second round, I think that there's going to be a ton of great options available for you in, in, what I want to do is kind of maybe just shift this conversation towards uh, us highlighting some of those guys. Ooh, uh, so ooh, ooh! Pickle, is, it, is pick that me. Kyle? Oh, I I think uh, Kyle. He's, he's he's playing that uh, founder and director of scouting card right here. So we got to turn it over to him <laughs> well, and, you know uh, and he, let him.
3: Elliot gave us the perfect segue. He talked about right. guys that you have a gut feel for. Let it fly, Cal. You know, let. do we go back to the summer of this past year? Do we go back to uh, yeah. November? Yeah. Go ahead. Stand on I, that mountain. I got a couple. I got a couple. I don't know who to start with. So uh, summer series was Josh Reynolds and Ryan Switzer, two guys that I got really excited about. You saw both of those guys uh, take leaps in their productivity. Uh, both went up over 1,000 yards this year. Switzer, and Reynolds both had strong performances at the Senior Bowl, uh, showed out very well uh, in that regard. And, and they're very different players. Reynolds is kind of uh, maybe a half notch down from, from what Josh Doxson was. Uh, but, but all these Texas A&M receivers, I just did speedy-noil today. And um, yeah, they're tough studies because the passing offense at Texas A&M, the, the, the structure was so erratic that you have to be able to look and and count and tally the wins on a route versus coverage instead of productivity and targets because uh, the infrastructure of the passing game was just awful this past year. Uh, But Reynolds still had a breakout season, was the guy in a group of guys that had a really talented and and gifted crop of receivers. And then obviously Switzer uh, was able to make – take that next step after uh, Mitch Strabisky took over a quarterback uh, going all the way back to this summer two guys and uh, they're right now based off of their film I, th- I think they're their day two picks really solid um, I have them inside of my top six wide receivers right now as as the standings lie right now in the in the wide receiver group so uh, I have some more guys but uh, I guess I'll leave some for somebody else because, Joe, I know uh, you're high on one of my other guys from from earlier. Um, but I just had to get that <laughs> out because he, t- he talked about gut feelings. And you go back to the summer, sure. you, you, you got both of those guys on the record for me, and, and I just love seeing them perform the way they did this year.
2: Yeah, I, I got I to gotta jump in here. And you open that door for me, and I'm taking it, Kyle. And I'm talking about Carlos Henderson, uh, uh, Louisiana Tech. Man, I watched his tape over the weekend. And uh, as you'll see in the mock draft that I put out today for FanRag Sports, he uh, goes in the first round to the Dallas Cowboys as a third ooh. wide receiver off the board, uh, which is consistent with the way that I stack up this class. I think it's going to be pretty certain for me, unless something unforeseen happens and wide wide receiver three for me is going to be carlos henderson uh this is this is the dynamic (laughs) football player that everybody thinks john ross is there you go let that sink in for a second Carlos Henderson is the football player people want John Ross to be. Uh, Explosive, twitched-up athlete, runs great routes, carries speed through tight breaks. Uh, He he can separate with athleticism alone, but on top of that, he runs good, polished routes. I like the way he addresses the football. He can go get it. He snatches it. He says, it's mine. Your people are going to tell you that he catches the ball with his frame, and I think he does it intentionally. Michael Irvin style, where he knows the hit's coming, and he will use his Body to to pin it in, in a strategic way, not because he doesn't have natural hands. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Uh, he's a guy that is going to test your most athletic cornerback vertically, and if, and if he can run hip-to-hip to, hip to him, he'll be one of the few guys in the NFL that can do it. This is an explosive vertical threat. He sets up those vertical routes really well with beautiful stems. Uh, he has minimal throttle down. Him on a double move is lethal. He's dynamic with the football in his hands. I mean, this guy, uh, he, he can explode up the field with exceptional burst. He sees the football field really well. That's what makes him such a great return man as well. The special teams player of the year in Conference USA this past Season and uh, get this ball, get the man, the ball in space, and let him create. This is a good football player. You know, you see the NFL take guys like uh, Will Fuller and, and Philip Dorsett in the first round. Corey well, this Coleman. Is a- Corey Combe. this this is a football player that is better than those guys and is the football player I think everyone wants those guys to be so uh, get get your eyes on this guy he's going to blow up the combine and he's going to be a damn good NFL football player so there there you have it my uh my Carlos Henderson rant
4: folks that was a that was a strong take right there I was waiting for a proposal at the end of it
3: Dude, he he you, always you really get,
4: love Carlos Henderson He gets on these soapboxes it's crazy <laughs> um, I, I'm I, I mean, I'm I like Carlos here. Henderson too. <laughs> my uh, my Carlos Henderson comp is uh, Corey Coleman. Um, so it's interesting that you said that he's the guy that we everyone wants Corey Coleman to be. Um, when I watched him, I, I noticed the body catching, but I'm going to go back and, and re-watch and, and see if that's that's what I missed. Kyle, if, if it's okay, I'd like to join in on your 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 man crush, so to speak, of Josh Reynolds. Yes, he's, he's got he got, he's got sticky hands, man. He, he makes these incredible plays. He runs great routes. Um, he sets up these, these windows for Trevor Knight, and Knight needs the biggest window ever to throw a good <laughs> pass into. But he's he's got my top play of any receiver so far this year, where against LSU, he... Oh,
3: I know exactly was, what you're
4: talking about. He's on the left side, right? Yeah, and the ball's like, five, like three feet behind him. He reaches out, catches it with one hand, and as he brings it into his body... He gets hit really hard. He holds on to the ball like nothing happened.
2: Um, he's and an eighth-inch hands.
4: Yeah, he was beating Trey White in that game. He He's he's the real deal. I, I couldn't believe when the season ended before the Senior Bowl and people had him as like a sixth or seventh-round pick. He's 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 the real deal. Um, if I'm going to stand on a soapbox for one guy in this draft class, it's our Darius Stewart. Um you talk about a quarterback that held someone back, that Bama offense held everybody back in the passing game. But Darius Stewart, after the catch, is an animal. He runs like a horse. The way he runs reminds me of Adrian Peterson, just kind of galloping and going full speed ahead. He, he's a physical guy. He's got electric speed, great vision. You can use him in multiple ways. He gets behind the zone very quickly. Um, the other thing I love about him, and this, this is a huge aspect of receivers to me, is his blocking he he wants to light you up he he looks he looks for blocking and so many receivers have no interest doing it he he can do the crack block very well he'll also drive players and not just get in front of them and lead to bigger uh runs for teams and i think that's a huge aspect to have a guy that can be a home run threat and a physical blocker because that's a really rare thing in the nfl um the way I think of him is, if Brandon LaFell was actually really good, he'd be Brandon LaFell. Uh, he's got that that same kind of home run, physical blocking style, and that that's I I love that in a receiver. And there's some low key shade thrown
3: at Brandon LaFell there. I like it. Um, yeah, so I mean <laughs> we we've all kind of covered ground on. Uh, kind of disappointed nobody picked up on my Switzer love, but that's all right. Uh, Henderson, yeah, that, that Corey Coleman-Carlos Henderson comp, to me, is just perfect. Like they're, I think Coleman's a little more twitched up, um, but as far as receiving skills, I think Henderson brings more polish to the table, so uh, I would expect him to continue to be a riser. But one name I'm interested to, to get takes from both of you guys, and I know all three of us have done this assessment, it's a name that was really popular last year and he he's kind of fallen silent he did declare early and that's usc's juju smith schuster uh was a really popular name joe i'll let you take this first any thoughts that you have on smith schuster and uh uh, where you stand with him as a prospect
2: yeah you know um he was a guy that i thought was really average very ordinary on tape um not a whole lot of differentiating differentiating traits about him other than his play strength. I I like how he works through contact, um, through man coverage, even where they're very grabby in the contact window and and burst through and is able to still get off his routes with good timing. Um, He's got pretty decent ball skills, adjusts well to the football. He can go in high point and win those contested one-on-one receptions but he really struck me as somebody who's just more of a pure possession guy that's going to have to use his leverage uh, and get his body into advantageous positions to seal off cornerbacks and compete for the football I don't think he's a guy that's going to win with a whole lot of dynamic route running or or, or burst to run away from from people he's more of a a zone beater and, and positional type guy as opposed to, you know, just the twitch and suddenness that you really like from uh, receivers. So um, he, he struck me as very ordinary. I think it's kind of the uh, one of the, the, the comps that I kind of like is a little bit of like a bad version of Laquan Treadwell. Um, so I, I, I'm not overly enthusiastic about uh, Smith-Schuster, maybe in a West Coast scheme where he can, you know, just create uh, quick, targets with kind of a pretty good catch radius, but his physical upside doesn't excite me all that much.
4: It, it sounds like Joe read off my Juju notes. Um, I I don't know if I have that much more to add uh, with, with Juju. Um, well, hey, we don't have to. <laughs> I think he's kind I, of just an average guy.
2: Yeah, very average to me, and and I don't know, Kyle, if you had uh, had some additional thoughts on Juju, but I want to also open up the floor here to both of you for a guy that I'm interested in getting some takes on, and that's Virginia Tech's wide receiver Isaiah Ford. You know, he's a player that uh, you commonly see in other analysts' top five wide receiver rankings. And uh, Kyle, if you have more to say on Smith Schuster, I'd like to hear that. But uh, what are you seeing in Isaiah Ford?
3: Yeah, I would say this for for Smith Schuster. Uh, separation's a problem. Uh, the ability to to get guys off his hip pocket is, is not particularly strong, and I think uh, he needs to embrace what he is. As far as uh, he he's not particularly twitched. He's a big body, so start using that more to your advantage. That would that would be um, what I'd like to see more of from him. But I I totally agree with both you guys. Where you come away from his tape, and people are talking about him like he's Des. Des Bryant over the summer last year and then you watch watch you know the on the field product and you just uh, it it really underwhelmed me but as far as uh uh Isaiah Ford I like that he's long he he's kind of hit and miss for me like he, when he's on he's on and he's really nice uh, contested catches I, again I made the reference to chemistry throws with Mike Williams um uh, those back shoulder throws uh Virginia Tech ran a ton of them, ran a ton of vertical routes, ran a ton of back shoulder throws. He does very well in those areas. I like his length. I like his ability at the catch point, uh, his sense of chemistry and timing, uh, to work his head around at the right time and and locate the football late. Um, But I I haven't had the chance to do the deep dive, so that's just going off of my uh, initial watches throughout the course of the season. So, Elliot, I believe you've done – uh, an actual assessment for him. So I'm going to defer to you for any uh, further takes on that.
4: Yeah, no, I, I agree about inconsistent. You, you see some plays and you're like, Ford can be amazing. And you see other plays and you're like, what is he doing? <laughs> um, one, one thing I notice in a lot of his routes, cause he's, he's a big vertical threat. That's Virginia Tech's receivers seem to mostly go deep, but, um, corners tend to push him to the sideline. It creates a smaller window, which I don't like. Um, he can high-point the ball. He makes some spectacular catches. He he also, at times, in traffic, will let the ball come down to where the defender can easily knock it away. Um, he almost I've seen him try to catch a couple passes like punts almost, where he jumps and has his hands at his waist. And I, I don't know why he's doing that. Um, I think he's good after the catch, or he's okay after the catch. He's not great. He doesn't have a ton of twitch. Um, I, th- I think he's kind of, he reminds me of almost Juju in a little bit, that he's just kind of, I think he's a guy that has a lot more hype than substance.
3: I, I'm curious how we've gotten this far into the show and not talked about my guy, Taewon Taylor. Joe, <laughs> Joe you're going to have to explain yourself here, because, you know, I, I can't bring all these guys to the table and claim them, so I'm relying on you to bring some of these guys out.
2: All right, well, let's talk some Taewon Taylor. Um, Smooth, right? That's just the the overarching word. When I think of Taewon Taylor, I think smooth. Smooth is a route runner, Uh, smooth transitions when he's changing directions, smooth hands, Uh, smooth with the football in his hands, smooth release, Uh, really good play speed, has enough play strength as well. you know, even for a system guy, I think he, he's unfairly labeled as that because uh, he separates on his own. I don't think he needs a system to separate. Um, I like that he's he's very timing focused, where he doesn't let uh, DBs alter his course and fights through contact. Um, and, and I don't want to steal the thunder with your um, with your with your comp, but I really like it. Uh, and that's Michael Crabtree. A lot of similars between Taywan Taylor and Michael Crabtree, but um, maybe a little bit more athletic ability in Taywan Taylor than Michael Crabtree. So another player, and when you look at this wide receiver class, you know it's it seems like there's a lot of uh, a smaller school guys or, or non power five guys, if you will. And and Taewon Taylor is another one of those players in that mold, and um, I think he's going to make uh, you know if you a, t- a team that runs with a lot of timing stuff, where you let him get to his landmarks and. And I think he's really nice, and a player that a lot of people, uh, for whatever reason, haven't come around on. Um, but you know, he's he's certainly one of
3: the top ten receivers in this class. Now I'm I'm sitting here biting my tongue because I know for a fact that Elliott does not share at least to the same degree of enthusiasm
4: or affinity for Taywan. So I got to ask you guys a question because we we have Henderson crushes, we have Corey Davis crushes, and now we're on Taywan Taylor. How much does competition matter to you guys? That's a good question. I think when you're
3: at the level that those guys are at, you want to see them dominate. And, you know, it's the same thing with, with Cooper Cup to a lesser degree, where Cooper Cup, he played FCS, where these guys were at least at least playing games against Power 5 teams. And um, in, in some cases, uh, Corey Davis dominating against Wisconsin. And, and Taewon Taylor had a really strong perform, performance against Alabama. Um you still get the chance to see them showcase their talents, but if you want to see them on a week-to-week basis on a lower level, you have to see them dominate. And I think the production that that Taylor has put out there, I think he's like, I think his career production for receiving yardage is—I uh, don't want to misquote it—but I think he's in like the top fifteen like yardage in FBS history or something like that. Uh, so it's really under the radar. I think his production because. He's at Western Kentucky, but I've seen him dominate the level of competition that he plays on a weekly basis and seen him play up to higher competition like when they played Alabama in the past.
2: Uh, And look at at the number one receiver in the NFL last season, T.Y. Hilton, Florida International. Uh, Number five, Antonio Brown. Where did he go? The Central Michigan. So... Um, yeah, I think I think it's more important to see the traits and see how those guys run their routes and how they address the football and, uh, um, you know, if they're running away from guys and when they're in those big stages, how do they perform? And, and I think those guys, when given those chances, have stood out in those cases. And I'm pretty excited about them. So uh, I think it matters. But um, for these guys, they stood out enough against the top tier guys uh, that I'm pretty, I'm still pretty high.
4: Listen, that all makes sense to me. Um, especially when you bring up Antonio Brown and T.Y. Hilton. I I just know that... like I was watching a Corey Davis game, for example, when they were playing Ohio. And I don't know the guy's name, but the DB was number three. And I thought a linebacker. but <laughs> He was just so slow and couldn't handle anybody that while Corey Davis looked amazing, my first response was, how bad is that corner? Um, I have... Taylor ranked lower than I should, probably, looking at it. Um, but I, I, I think he's a great route runner. One of the things I really like is his, his stick knowledge and his ability to understand zone concepts and where to sell in the zone. Um, he's a really good after the catch. He's got soft hands. Um, he uh, I, I'm curious as to his combine time. Same thing with Carlos Henderson. I think they're both very elusive. I'm curious as to their top speed.
3: Well, and that's, I, a, that's a good point because I've seen... I I know Taylor is reportedly high four threes. I don't think he runs that fast. And I've seen Henderson get run down on kick team uh, on return duty. Uh, I believe against Navy he got busted once or twice. Uh, seen, you don't expect guys that are those stereotypical Blazers to get caught from behind. um in that regard, so I think that is a good point as far as their time speed, and I think one way or the other, it's going to either have you going back to the tape or have us
4: going back to the tape, depending on what they clock at. Yeah, I think they're they're both elusive, right? Especially Carlos Henderson. He you can't tackle him. He had that one play where he made everyone on the team. It felt like mess. <laughs> but um, I I don't know if they have that top end speed that they're at the they're advertised of having.
2: You know, speaking of these smaller, twitched-up guys, quick, smooth players, I know there's a player that you're pretty high on, Elliot, and I want to hear you elaborate on what you're seeing there and why why others should be high on him, and that is uh, Oklahoma's D.D. Westbrook. What, do you, what are you seeing on tape from him?
4: Well, just as a quick disclaimer with D.D., this is not factoring in his off-the-field issues. Um, and I know he's an older player, too, but strictly on his tape, his acceleration, his top-end speed are fantastic. He he can run amazing routes. He's got a good sense of um, where the sticks are, the, uh, the zone coverage. He's also really good in improv situations because Baker Mayfield does that a ton. Um, makes me almost want him to go to the Packers just to see what he, he and Aaron Rodgers can do. But he, I think he does a good job catching the ball in traffic. For his size, he shows a really good job with uh, contested catches and high-pointing the ball. I think he plays bigger than he is, which is huge. Um, he's got soft hands. He can make over-the-shoulder catches. He seems to track the ball pretty well. He, uh, the biggest thing for me, though, is his routes. His, his routes, I, against Kansas State, he, he had one guy literally running the wrong direction for like four steps before he realized what was going on. He's he's a blazer, too. I think he's that home-run threat. He, he reminds me of Brandon Cooks, almost, Um I think he's better than John Ross, if we're talking strictly uh, football players. and He's he's my number four receiver, and I think he's got a a huge immediate impact in the NFL.
3: So with a projection for somebody like that, with his size, and as fast and as polished as he is, uh, he has to play on the inside, right?
4: Yeah, no, he played on the outside, but I think that's where he he would excel on the inside.
3: And, and what do you what do you make of you know I'll I'll ask you this because I know Joe's stance on this a little more. What do you make of an evaluation of a guy who plays inside uh, as a primary alignment? Like you're drafting a slot a high ceiling slot guy. Uh, does that factor into where you would value and assess a player at all versus if a guy can play on the boundary?
4: Um, well, I think it's, it has to, if you're going to, I think it depends on what type of team you are. So if you're, for example, the, the Titans and you run a lot of two tight end sets with two wide receivers on the outside, then you might not value DD Westbrook that highly. But if you're, uh, a team that throws the ball a lot and has a lot of three wide sets, then I, I don't know if it necessarily has to. Um, I think we're seeing the evolution of a, the slot and the wide receiver as well, um, these guys are becoming bigger and bigger players. Uh, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, they all run a lot of routes out of the slot. Um, I, I think it knocks him a little bit, but I, I also think that if he had to, he could handle the outside uh, and be an an average to above average wide receiver in the NFL. That's fair enough. And you know what? That
3: is why Elliott is on staff. This was an excellent discussion, uh, a great showcase for all three of us to kind of just dump takes out. I know, Joe. We made that joke on Friday. Like we've just got so much boxed in already. We just need to let some steam out before before we. Yeah, was... I
2: think people saw that with my Carlos Henderson.
3: Oh man, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because we had somebody over the weekend that reminded you to breathe. Yeah,
2: and I and, and you. <laughs> I just... thought of I thought of that person as soon as I got done.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh man, the the deep exhale when you mute the microphone. It's like ah, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. So that is going to do it for us today. We hope you guys enjoyed hanging out with the dudes here on a Monday. Uh, we will be back again on Wednesday. We have some things that we are working to get lined up. Uh, as a final reminder for everybody listening, uh, I am Kyle Krabs. You can find me on Twitter at NDTScouting. Uh, co-host Joe Marino can be found on Twitter at the Joe Marino, and uh, the NDT Scouting National Scout that joined us today, the newest member of the team, Elliot Christ. You can find on Twitter at Elliot Christ. it is E-L-I-O-T-C-R-I-S-T. So be sure to give him a follow, follow along. He's going to be doing a ton of written work for us and, and a lot of additional showcases on the podcast because, as you heard today, the guy knows his stuff. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please you know, give the dudes... A subscription on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Uh, We're on Facebook. Who knew, right? Like, I know we kind of throw it out there every once in a while, but we're actually trying to do something with it. So I did a question-answer over the weekend. Uh, Joe's going to be doing some stuff this week. I'm going to be doing some stuff this week. You can keep track of all of our written work for FanRike Sports there as well. Thank you all so much for listening.
2: limited data on their network video streams at 480p small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds if you cancel balances to well-qualified customers full price 720 plus tax finance agreements required netflix for two screens terms apply